Welcome to Football on the Rocks, the number one fantasy football and whiskey podcast where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the competition. Join us over the next few weeks as we prepare for the 2021 football season and walk you through our ultimate mock draft, position by position rankings, draft strategies, and everything else you'll need to prepare for the start of the season. So pour yourself a glass and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts as we guide you to the fantasy football promised land. Good evening and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I am Joe Niehoff, your host. Uh, and tonight I am drinking Glen Levitt. Um, tonight I am drinking a Glen Levitt 20 year. Very delicious. I cannot complain. Uh, I have my mother here tonight, very briefly, hopefully for at least a, a moment, but she is drinking a brandy, uh, Cravassier. You have any comments on your, uh, your brandy? Very yummy. The very yummy brandy, Crevassier for mother. John, what do you got tonight? Tonight I got uh, bullet bourbon. I know, Joe, you said your uh, house whiskey is Woodford. Bullet's my go-to, just house standard whiskey for the night. Very good. Very good. Bobby, what do you have? Uh, Tonight I have a double IPA. Uh, from High Pines Brewing, um, really easy drinking, eight percenter, a uh, little bit of fruitiness to it, uh, not too hazy though. Um, so very, very good, simple, easy drinker that's gonna help me get through the night. That's for dang sure. Well, very good, very good. Well, tonight on our podcast, you're gonna hear a little bit about sleepers. So that's where we're gonna start tonight. Uh, give you guys some insight on some players and sleepers for us. Uh, very simply defined, if they were not picked in the top six rounds in our ultimate mock draft, we are calling them sleepers now moving forward. So um, should we call? Bobby, should we call you a sleeper, Joe? Yeah, we call me a sleeper, and, and for the uh, mom's laughing over here. <laughs> for the 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 people of the podcast world, I was we were supposed to start around nine o'clock tonight. And uh, put down our little little kids that I have here at the house. And it's about an hour after when we planned on starting. And I only am awake because my mother woke me up. <laughs> and so I'm like, so, hey, Bobby called and said, you're supposed to do your podcast right now. So, so Joe is the ultimate deep sleeper. Hey, you know what? I think I, I feel pretty good right now. So we all need to just... Right. Keep going with the momentum. All right. Sounds great. So anyway, diving into sleepers, you know, let's start with uh, one of you two so I can gather my thoughts. Um, but why don't, Bobby, why don't you start us with kind of the first guy on your list of your favorite sleepers? So I'll start out at the top with a, a quarterback sleeper, someone who um, I, I see as someone who will be returning some good value throughout the season. Um he actually has the fourth best, according to Fantasy Pros, the fourth easiest schedule coming into the season. So due for some really great statistics coming out of him. Uh, right now he's an ADP of 158, which in a 12-team league, that puts him in about the 13th round. You can get him for almost free. Um, we know him, uh, know him and love him. Uh, is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, <laughs> he has the best wide receiver he's ever had the opportunity to throw to. Uh, this is one of the few years in his career where uh, he's very unlikely, at least in my mind, unlikely to be benched. they got Taylor Haneke and Kyle Allen behind him. I don't see either of them as really threatening to, uh, to usurp him throughout the year. And if we expand uh, his last uh, 50 games out into a full season. Um, that would put him at, on average, 266 yards and 1.6 touchdowns per week. Um, again, expand that throughout the whole entirety of the season. Puts him at 4,500 yards. You know who else threw for 4,500 yards? 
Kyle Allen threw for 4,500 yards last year. Puts him at about 27 touchdowns over the course of the season. Passing touchdowns. That puts him with Kyler Murray. I mean, you're, you're telling me I can almost get someone for free that's going to put up numbers that can put him at least in that top 10 for the end of the season, as long as, I mean, as long as he's healthy, um, which health doesn't seem to have really been a big thing for him. It's mostly, hey, here's this young quarterback that we have behind him uh, that we're going to put him in. He's been uh, taken over by Tua, and then uh, when he was in Tampa Bay, they had um, Jameis Winston as, hey, we got to get this young quarterback, his, his experience and whatnot. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a guy that I'm going to probably target late in drafts, especially if I am going to miss out on those top guys who I've been advocating saying, you know what, I'm going to pass on them and grab someone else. He's someone that I'm going to be looking at. John, did you hear Kyle Allen's name or am I just still sleeping? I think you're still sleeping, Joe. Did I say Kyle Allen? I swear to God, Bobby said Kyle Allen. Bobby said Kyle Allen. Yeah, Mom say says Kyle Bobby Allen. said Kyle Allen. Josh that, Allen. That's not – do you Allen. mean Josh, Josh Allen? Allen. Josh because Allen. there is a Kyle Allen that plays quarterback. Yeah. He's, and if he's you're the backup using his the statistic, yeah. then the I would have said team. it's a, it's a I, little bit ambitious sen- there, Bobby. A, sen- but. a sentence before that, I said Kyle Allen. I screwed it up and said Kyle Allen again. <laughs> I'm just Josh making Allen. sure. Yeah. I'm just making sure I, I understood what you're, you're, you're saying. You're not dreaming. You're not dreaming if, anymore. If Kyle Joe. Allen was the person you're comparing him to, then I would have said, "Bobby, I love that's, you." But that's this not is a, a good terrible, comparison. terrible comparison. Yeah. Um, no. But no, I, I don't think it's a it's a bad sleeper. I mean, and you really are talking about a guy getting drafted later in the draft. John, do you have a quarterback in mind you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, the one thing I don't like about Fitzpatrick is just looking at the team he's on. He's on a team with a good defense, and they're going to win games on their defense and running the ball. And I think it would be easy for Fitzpatrick to lose his job this year because he loves to turn the ball over. Lose his job to who? To the guy who almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. Ooh. 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 Yeah, that's not going to happen. We'll I, I don't think it's a terrible, a terrible thought. Now, John, do you have a, a quarterback that you like as a sleeper later on, or should I go into mind? Well, the the quarterback I like is Deshaun Watson later. I think this is the the kind of prototypical draft the player, not the person. Because um, I think he, right now he's going at the end of the eleventh round, close to the twelfth round. He's being drafted at one thirty five. And he could, if he plays, he's a top three quarterback. He's yeah. been a top three quarterback, and you're getting a top three quarterback at the end of the draft. Right. Yeah. Someone who you're drafting in round 11, round 12 is likely not going to play for you, anyways. So you're, this is the ultimate just shot in the dark. Maybe I get a top three quarterback, or maybe it's nothing. And if it's nothing, it's not as big of a loss as it, as drafting a high end quarterback in the fourth, fifth round, and then striking out on him. Right, because I I don't hate that idea. Uh, the only reason why I didn't mention him was just because we don't know if he's going to play. And as much as you know, I don't want to throw away a draft pick. Um, like you said, you're missing out on Marvin Jones, Cole Beasley. Um, maybe Michael Hardman. I mean, these are guys that are being drafted in that same area. Um, Zach Ertz, Marlon Mack, you're not really missing out on anything to your point. Um, so, so definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, at the same time, you are taking that risk that you use your 11th round pick, 12th round pick on nobody. Yeah, but I'm looking at if I'm not getting one of the top seven quarterbacks, then – a lot of the drafts I've done, I'm waiting. You draft position players for your first 10 picks, and then you get Watson and then someone else to back him up. Very, yeah. And I and think by the time the season starts, we'll know if Watson even deserves a spot on your roster. Yeah, we, you might have more clarity. This is if your draft is, you know, closer to the certain season, you might have more clarity, but. Right. I think all- for. 
ultimate lottery ticket. You either win a million dollars with them or, or it's nothing. Well, I think you look at – just look at how Rodgers has changed. Two weeks ago, Rodgers was being drafted around pick 100. Now he's being drafted around pick 50. If we had clarity on Watson, he'd be going in the 40s and 50s instead of going into the 140s. Very, very true. I love it. Yeah, I think that's a key thing. I mean, that's that's the point you just made right there, John. And I think with it, if we're talking sleepers, I mean, shit, guys, if you're getting a top, even say a top five quarterback value, and you're drafting him as the, you know, fifteenth or sixteenth overall drafted quarterback, that I mean, that's that's a sleeper right there, without question. So I I, I agree. I'm with you guys on all that. I, I don't disagree. I, on my quarterback list, it's a I, you know, I. I how do you consider a quarterback a sleeper? When do you pick him, et cetera, et cetera? I, I do look at uh, the guy I'm talking about. And my guy on the quarterback sleeper list is actually Joe Burrow. Um, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about him just because we don't need to go too far in depth on this. But the reason why is a couple of things. Number one, John actually said it in our last podcast. He said he averaged 40 passing attempts per game. Okay. So you're talking about a, a Cincinnati football team that more than likely, let's be real, unfortunately, they're not the sorry Jets, but they will be passing the ball a good bit, more than likely to be behind in the majority of the, ba- the football games that they play. So keeping that in mind, it, you know, when you're thinking of quarterback, you're thinking about fantasy, you want a guy that's going to be throwing the ball, a guy that's going to be making sure that the offense is in really the, the centerpiece behind the offense is typically the quarterback. But we know plenty of offenses like, say, the Tennessee Titans, where the running back really runs the show. Um, and in this case, you know, you got Joe Burrow, and, and and he's really the one running it. Now, the other thing about running, he scored three touchdowns on the ground last year in 10 games. But the interesting t- statistic that I liked, and I, I wanted just to mention, because I don't think most people even realize this, Joe Burrow was third in the NFL behind Mahomes and Rodgers with his interception percentage. He had 1.2 interceptions uh, his percentage per per throw or whatever on interceptions mm-hmm. was 1.2%. Yeah, yeah so, he only had 5 last year. Yeah, so he doesn't throw the ball or, or he doesn't turn the ball over. So if we're talking about a guy that in theory stays healthy, right? Throws the ball 40 times a game and is pretty much the only way the team is going to score touchdowns. We're talking about a guy that if if they play well, if the Bengals find a way to make it uh, to, you know, say that even in pl- some type of playoff contention, you're talking about a guy that's going to score a lot of points in fantasy football. And just in general, he has to for his team to be able to compete at the highest level. So I like him because he is going right now. I have him on my list as QB nine. So he's, you know, he's still a startable quarterback. So, you know, again, when I'm talking sleeper, is he a, is he a deep sleeper like a Fitzpatrick that, that Bobby's talking about? Or, you know, in a lot of cases, um, people do have Watson outside their top 12 quarterbacks because there's just so much question marks about him. So this is a guy, in my opinion, that, you know what, he's probably a 10th round pick, you know, and, and he's, he's that second or, or maybe he's more the third or maybe even fourth tier of, of running or of quarterbacks. Um, but I do like him in this spot as a sleeper. Uh, the only thing that that scares me about him and drafting him is that he has probably the second worst offensive line in the entire league. Um, I mean, they're, they're giving up uh, a lot of pressure, even in practices. You know, the the reports out of practice are that he's being pressured even from. Uh, from their second team um, guys that they're going up against. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I believe, um, God, I mean, who is their best lineman even? Well, and that's absolutely, they got got Riley reef as Minnesota fan. We all know what Riley reef has been able to do. Yeah. Um, It's not exactly the best offensive line that we've ever seen. And that's the only thing that scares me is, is he going to even survive the season again? Or, yeah, he's throwing it 40 times, but 30 of them are being thrown away because he's getting so much pressure. 
it's it's kind of funny you say that because the one thing I put on my list, the biggest concern for him was offensive line and health. So, the, you know, again, if you're taking there's there's always going to be something about any of these sleepers we're talking about that makes them a reason why they're a sleeper, right? You know, to me, Burrow's in his second season after being injured. There's plenty of red flags. Yeah. But 32 sacks last year. Right. But that's of part them. of the reason why he's not a – and he's why he's not considered in that top – I really think there's about seven quarterbacks or maybe even six quarterbacks that – that are really like they separate themselves on a week to week basis for the most part from everybody else. Um, so this is, in my opinion, he's kind of the, 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 the next guy after those top six, after those top seven people um, that, that kind of begin to be, be a guy that you'd consider. And, and again, those are the reasons why for me, but that is a risk. And again, that's the hardest part. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, Bobby. I really do. I, I, and again, that's why he's a sleeper, in my opinion. Anybody else? Any comments, John? You good? Or should we go on to the next position? No, I think we're good. I mean, and I think Burrow's one of those guys who's going around Watson who you can stack together. And you have yeah. two guys with upside. I think that that's a good approach if you're not getting one of the, one of the better... QBs at the top of the draft. Good. All right, uh, John, why don't we go to your next favorite uh, sleeper, wide receiver, running back you pick? Yeah, let's go running back. So one of the running backs I like who's currently going, and I'm, I'm using the, a tool called the football calculator, which shows the ADP. It shows the ADP. You can filter it for PPR, non-PPR, half PPR, two quarterback dynasty. So it's a good tool to use when you're kind of looking at average draft position um, and kind of thinking about where people are going. And he's going currently at 110 at the back of the ninth round. That's J.D. McKissick. Ooh, okay. I know Joe loves Gibson, but you look at McKissick. He had six games last year with over 14 fantasy points, and four of those are in games that Gibson played in. So I think he, even with Gibson, I think he has those weeks where he's going to give you value and you're looking this far down in the draft. Any running back you can find in the ninth, 10th round that's going to give you value is a huge plus. And he had 110 targets last year and 80 receptions. I don't, I really don't see those numbers going down. I don't think Gibson's going to take away that much at his re- reception. So I think he still has that good kind of floor level of value, um, especially where he's going at. Yeah, Love it. Good. Bob, any comments um, there? No, just, I, I love it. Especially, I mean, I don't, I haven't looked at the, the uh, Washington football team's depth chart lately, but who else besides McKissick, if something happened to Gibson, who's going to be the guy to take over much of the role, uh, especially the passing down role as you, uh, highlighted there, he's going to be the guy that's going to step in and, and increase those targets all the more from where it was already from last season. Um, my only fear would be, again, just uh, is Gibson going to put himself into a bigger role and that would then minimize McKissick's? Who knows? The season will kind of bear that out. And again, we're, we're throwing lottery tickets out here at this point. Well, I think to John's point, even if even if Gibson takes away a couple of those snaps on third down, McKissick's role is still relevant, right? You know, right. he's still, he's still, you know, he's still at that point. I, I agree, John. I think that's a good, that's a good example of value later on in the draft, right? You know, if you're looking in that 10th, 11th, 12th round, a, a player that, you know, who are we going after, right? A backup tight end or a, you know, a potential flex that you might be able to play one day. Well, you know, when you're looking at those and you're and you're looking at it in that way, I think that's where a, a guy like McKissick makes a lot of sense. Because a guy like McKissick, let's be honest, you could get 20 points out of McKissick in a week. I don't know if you're, you're going to get that out of like you know in a spot where a guy like Alexander Madison, right, the backup for Dalvin Cook in Minnesota, is probably being drafted in a very similar position. 
mm-hmm. I don't have the, uh, the the numbers looking at it in front of me. So, I, you know, if you're looking at, okay, do I take a Madison or do I take, you know, a McKissick? I, I think, you know, the McKissick makes yeah. sense in a lot of sense there. The, the, the difference between, let me take the backup to an elite running back. So like a, um, you know, like you said, I'm going to take Madison just in case something happens to Cook. Madison has no value almost, as you're saying, no value unless something happened to that bigger guy. And if that happens, yeah, I have a top 10 guy for sure on my roster already. Yeah. So you, you want to have some of those guys on your team, but you're never going to start uh, Madison when Cook's healthy. But you can start potentially start McKissick in your flex spot, uh, even with Gibson healthy. Yep. Exactly. For sure. Uh, I'm going to talk about my running back that I have on this list. And again, um, you know, keeping in mind how we look at, uh, you know, sleepers here. So this is my 28th ranked running back. Um, so I want to kind of point that out here. He's not technically in my starting top two running backs, but he's just outside of it in my rankings right now. And that's Damian Harris, uh, the running back for the New England Patriots. Um, last year, he was a rookie, and he was splitting time with, I mean, a handful of guys. I mean, we had um, Sonny Michelle in there, and, uh, and, you know, on third downs, Burkhead was in it. He was in, a, in the definition of what they consider back committee. Okay. This year, the guys like Burkhead are gone. Okay, so he's. I don't think there's much of a question. I think most people would agree that on first and second down, it, it's going to be Damian Harris. Third down is where he he's clearly not a he's clearly not the prototypical three down running back. That's not what he's being played as. It's not what he's positioned to do in New Orleans or in, in New England. Um, but he definitely has the opportunity to do very well in his second year in the NFL. So let me give you some stats real quick on him. Ten games last year, uh, averaged 69 yards per game. If you were to play a full 17-game season, that's uh, 1,150 yards total for the season. I think his value changes significantly if Mac Jones becomes a starting quarterback. Um and the reason that the really the very simple reason why it changes so much is simply because of the fact that he's going to get more goal line touchdowns. You got to think, I mean, if Cam Newton is your starting quarterback, he's going to score or he's going to take away probably, a, you know, at least a half a touchdown a game at the goal line just by running it in himself. So I, I think that piece alone, if you get a guy, again, if we're looking at the later on in the draft, you know, he's probably being drafted on the same time, uh, if not later than like Melvin Gordon, right? So he's getting in that same or similar draft position as a guy like Melvin Gordon, who a lot of people believe may not be the running back in Denver by the end of the season. And I can get a guy like Damian Harris here, um, big value if the quarterback position plays out the way that I personally expect it to in new England, that makes a really big difference in his value overall. We could honestly, part of me thinks that we could be looking at a running back that by the end of next season, Damien Harris will be a top 15 running back out of all the running backs next year. Wow. That's a, that's a bold statement there, Joe. Yeah, I, I I don't see that, Joe. Well, it was just a bold prediction. Sounds like John wants to get a bet in on that one. Yeah, I, I I'll make a bet, Joe. You think he's top twenty five you think he's top fifteen next year? I think he's outside the top fifteen. I mean that's a like I said it was a bold prediction. <laughs> you want to you want you well, want to take you want well, to take John, top twenty. No, Joe? the problem with my prediction on that is this is I think he will if Mac Jones becomes a starting quarterback because I think he's going to score. He had two touchdowns last year. Well, Mac Jones will probably be a starting quarterback next year. Yeah. Well, Mac Jones, I don't know if you guys caught any of the game tonight, but Mac Jones looks like the better quarterback already. 
Well, I mean, he can throw the ball. Cam can yeah. throw the ball. Cam yeah. can't so throw it. Cam can't throw so, the ball. You know, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, if we have to throw on another bet, I think we've had a bet every podcast. If you need me to throw one in, I. You know what? I'll, I mean, Joe, you can you maybe, can take top twenty next year. I was just gonna say, give me top twenty, John. He's a solid RB twenty. The Joe problem is RB2. the problem is trying to figure out at the end of the year if I'm right, right? So if he's, you know, if he's on the list of top, he's a, he's an RB two, so top really top twenty four. But I'll go with top twenty. I mean, I'll, I'll give us that benefit. I'll, I'll give you that benefit. He's top twenty. You know, that puts him around like the David Montgomery conversation, right? I think we're having the same conversation about him around David Montgomery. I think I I, I should win that bet. And, and assuming David Montgomery stays in the top 20, but you get the idea. I think top 20 I could take, and uh, there'll be some, you know, some bias there um, as far as, like, trying to predict if I'm right or wrong. But, yeah, I, I do think he could be that high uh, going into next season for sure. All right, I'm putting it in. Damian Harris, a top 20 running back. Joe says yes. John is not about that. Now, Joe, just to warn you, Rohamdre Stevenson, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Stevenson <laughs> went 91 yards to the house. He might be taking uh, taking Damian Harris to, to the woodshed here and uh, taking over his spot. No, no chance. 91 yards to the house late. In I the hope he quarter. continues to do that, but I, I really don't think that's going to happen. And I don't know that why I would hope that he continues to do that kind of stuff <laughs> late um, in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, I don't think Damian Harris has much to worry about with uh, Mr. Stevenson for his spot, yeah. at least not yet. Yeah. A uh, guy I want to highlight is I mean, we're talking just out of the sixth round. You, you could even make an argument that he might even go in the sixth round, uh, looking at the seventh round. Right now, um, Fantasy Pros has him at uh, consensus 88th overall pick. Uh, puts him right in that beginning of the seventh round. Uh, it's David Johnson. Um, just looking at him a little bit deeper, David Johnson, he's, last year when, when he was healthy, 15 touches per game. He got 40% of the red zone touches. And he was on pace for 250-plus touches throughout the season. Um, passing catch, uh, pass, catching back within that system. And last season, he ended as uh, running back 21. Uh, he's being drafted as running back 35. Uh, you want to talk about value, take a look at the backfield um, in Houston team that's going to have to be scoring points. They're going to be losing a lot of games. Um, and they got Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback. I mean, who knows who's actually going to come out as a winner. It's probably going to be Tyrod. He's got the seniority there a little bit um, over that rookie Mills that they drafted. So, I mean, he's got a little bit of running ability. That actually typically helps the running back position. Uh, other guy to keep an eye on there is uh, Philip Lindsay. He's also been brought in to the mix. Uh, so two guys to kind of keep an eye on, but you can get Philip Lindsay for almost free. Uh, David Johnson, you're probably going to have to draft him a little bit sooner. Like I said, sixth, seventh round, eighth round if you're lucky. Um, but someone to just be able to grab and could give you that solid, you know, mid to late tier RB2 flex position uh, type productivity. I like the pick, Bobby. I do too, and I think that backfield is. There's some questions there. It's it, it it's a it's a tough pick, but I think you'd think, or at least you would think, right, that David Johnson should have a pretty strong hold on that position because he's been there for the last two years, right? So you'd think mm-hmm. that there'd be a chance for him to to kind of really take that position and hold on to it. Right. Again, if they're behind, he's going to be the guy on the field catching those little dink and dunkers and getting you some cheap late fantasy points, especially in a full-point PPR. I mean, you could see him get five or six points just on receptions alone, um, reception with the yardage, I should say, um, in that fourth quarter. And, you know, get you some junk time scoring and really help out your team at the end of the season. 
once you brought that up, I was literally about to say, you know, Bobby is one of those that loves his junk time fantasy stats. Hey, they score the same. They they score the same. That there's no denying that. John, uh, so now we talk. Obviously, we went through some running backs here real quick for you guys. Wide receivers, uh, you got a favorite, John? Yeah, I got I got two guys I really like. Um, the first one is Brandon Cooks. I think just looking at there's no one left in Houston other than Brandon Cooks at wide receiver. And he, over five of the last six years, he's had over 1,000 yards receiving. So he has high production. He's had high production, and he should continue that with or without Watson. I mean, I, I don't think any of us believe in their defense. So I think they're probably going to be behind. They're probably going to have to thrill. I think a lot of those receptions, I think it's going to be short passes to David Johnson, and then I think it's going to be passes to Cooks. So I think I think he has a lot of value, um, and he's currently going in the ninth round. He's one oh six being drafted, um, and the other guy I like who's being drafted right next to him is um, at one eleven is Nicole Hardman, and I think you look at him. His targets from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one from forty one to sixty one. There's no longer Watson, so I think he's solidly in his third year, going to be the solid wide receiver, too. I think if you look at he's in one of the prolific passing offenses that has over 600 passing attempts a year. Uh, So a lot of that, even if half of that goes to uh, Kelsey and Tyreek, there's still 300 passes going around, and there's really not anyone established. I think Hardman is one of those guys going to the 9-10th round who has that wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3 upside that could um, really give a boost to your team later in the draft. I love both of those. Uh, those were guys that I was looking at, too, uh, seeing the, the list that you had sent out, I, I and you got to them first. I mean, those are two guys that, especially, again, if for one with Cooks, with those quote-unquote bad teams, like we don't know who the best pass catcher is going to be out in Detroit, right? We don't we don't know who to target there. Um, we're not entirely certain on like the best guys to get from the sorry Jets, but we do know that. I mean, of all the guys that are going to be pass, uh, catching passes, it's Cooks, and again, a team that's going to be trailing probably a lot. You know, again, junk time scoring is going to be a big factor there. And he just got good talent. Uh, you, you don't get a thousand yards almost every year without being talented. Um, and then same thing with uh, with Hardman. I mean, he's going to be wide receiver two. If anything were to happen to any one of those other pass catchers, he's going to vault himself up into at least solid wide receiver two territory every single week. Probably be ranked somewhere in that ten to twenty range. On a weekly basis, Michael Hardman would be uh, if, if something happened to Tyreek Hill. Um, and so, you, again, you want to be a part of that offense whenever you can. Um, yeah, I think Brandon Cooks is one of the guys you think has been in the league in forever and you think is older, but he's still only 27. Yeah. So he's still, you know, he sells a lot of football left in him. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too. Um, I, I got two uh, two wide receivers as well, just uh, to kind of kind of piggyback on Johns. I don't have any statistics statistics around these guys. Um, I honestly don't know, Bobby. You could probably tell me a little bit about where their their average draft position is. Um, but two guys I like that I think um, are, are kind of being overlooked in the mock drafts that I've seen and that I've done are DJ Shark and Michael Pittman Jr. DJ Chark, 83rd, put some seventh round. Um, Pittman has been plummeting a little bit more so lately just because of, hey, what's going to happen with Carson Wentz? News says that Wentz and their linemen are both on pace to start week one. So all those alarms that were going off for any Indianapolis players 
um, are, are kind of being silenced. It sounds like news is they're they're healing very very well and they're coming back around really good. Uh, Pittman, he is uh, 108. Um, okay, so he's more in that sleeper range for sure. Yeah, and I gotta stop us nice just round. for a second. I gotta yeah. stop us for two reasons. Number one. I am about to finish my first glass of this Glen Levin. I might have to go grab another one. Um, so I don't know how you guys' drinks are going, if you need to have something or, or try something different. The number two reason why I'm stopping this is I am watching the uh, White Sox play against the Yankees, and I happen to know that John Merrick is a a Yankee fan. And, John, I'm sorry to say – but at the Field of Dreams, the Yankees just lost because Anderson for the White Sox hit a home run in the ninth inning to win the game. So they just lost. The Yankees uh, lost 9-8 to eight in what is it, honestly, I mean, what a cool idea by the MLB here to do this, this, this game basically – they call they call it the Field of Dreams game. I mean, they, the the cornfield. What a great name! I wonder. Cool. I wonder how they came up with this idea. It's fantastic. Really, and it d- was despite cool. being a state away, the Minnesota Twins were still not invited because no because one who cheers terrible. for the Twins has any dreams of winning anything. You know, <laughs> now now John, it, yeah, I think it's Joe, more it's about the movie. Accurate. Okay. The White Sox, I think, play the Yankees in the movie. So let's, you know, you know, don't be mean. <laughs> well, the Twins are currently sitting 15 games below 500. You know, why did we have to make this about how much you, you hate brought, the Twins? You brought up baseball. Why I didn't we, say. Why are we even about talking about twins? baseball? We're talking no, about baseball because this is a really cool moment. I just happened to see, like, in this moment, this guy hit this home run to win the game. In the field of dreams, this is cool, man. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I, it's it's really kind of a cool thing. I mean, right, Joe, so now it's, that we're it's done preseason about, football time. Nobody yeah. cares about baseball anymore, right? I'm, now that we're done talking about Michael Pittman Jr. Oh wait, we haven't even started talking about him, <laughs> Joe. So okay, so let's go into that real quick, and then I'll let Bobby talk about his wide receivers. I like DJ Shark. Very simply put, he is a quarterback that actually throw the ball now. Okay, uh, he he may be the 88th, 87th, I think Bobby said, average draft position. Um, I do think there's value there, even if he's going maybe if you take him a little bit earlier than that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think he's a, he's a good a good pick, somebody that's going to have a little bit more um, overall value than what you see now. Uh, well, he's going as wide receiver 34 and if he's able to return those numbers, I mean, last year he had some injury concerns and things like that, that kind of messed things up a little bit for his season. And to your point, a worse quarterback. Um, I don't even know who his quarterbacks were last year. Cause he had multiple of them. <laughs> the only one that I know of for sure is Minshew, but I think he had a few others last year. Um, wide receiver 34. He's probably going to return really good value. And if you're throwing him in your flex spot, uh, there are going to be some weeks where he will end up as a as a top eighteen wide receiver, um, and he's going to be sitting in your flex. Yeah, and I and personally, I have him around wide receiver twenty seven, twenty eight, which puts him close to like Lockett and Juju. Um, I, I think he's going to again, just personal opinion. I, I see Shark as a number one wide receiver where Juju's going to have a lot to compete with Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, Lockett, you, you got a guy, you know, that everybody knows and loves and, and DK Metcalf. So I think he's in that position. He's a guy that I really do think is the number one guy when it's all said and done in Jacksonville with a much better quarterback, much better situation overall for him. So, yeah, there's there's value there, I think, for him. And I think with Michael Pittman, it's, it's a little bit of the same story. Um, most people don't have – aren't really looking at Michael Pittman as a number one wide receiver in his own, you know, let's be real. T.Y. Hilton is not the T.Y. Hilton of old. Okay. Um, I, I think Michael Pittman going into the second season, he did have a shortened season last year with an injury. I actually think he got injured against the Minnesota Vikings that kind of held up his season for the most part. Um, but he's a guy I really like Pittman. 
mainly because of where he's being drafted. So I think John said like 108, 109, somewhere in that range is his average draft position. That's a big reason why I like him. Um, but I think he is the number one wide receiver in Indianapolis. And I'll be, you know, again, don't get me wrong. You know, what does one number one wide receiver in, in Indianapolis mean this year out of all years and all that other fun stuff? You know, we're looking at a guy that's going to probably have over 100 targets, in my opinion. Going to have somewhere between 80 catches, maybe 75 catches. And he could flirt with 1,000 a, a yards. Uh, and you're getting him in, a, in around like 12, you know, somewhere in that range. I, I, again, I think that's a pretty good pick. So he's those are, those are values I see at the wide receiver position. Uh, Bobby, do you have anybody you want to talk about or any, any comments on Pittman? Uh, no, you can go fill up your drink. Oh, that's that's <laughs> the most you. that's the most important part of this all, right? Got to get some more Glenn Levin in you. Don't I, I? Last time we heard you get a drink, there was sounded like plenty of ice in there. Um, so fill her up there, bro. Um, I got two wide receivers as well that I want to highlight. One is Darnell Mooney. Um, he had at least five targets in all but four games last year. Uh, and he, he only started nine, but he still was getting targeted highly. He had 98 targets last year, uh, 61 receptions. His Q quarterback is definitely better <laughs> than it was last year. He's got an average draft position, 133. Again, you're going to be getting him late in draft. And one thing that kind of stood out to me is his average depth of target. So he had that nearly 100 targets last year. Um, he is the deep threat wide receiver out in Chicago. Um, his average depth of target last year, 11.5. Anybody know what Stefan Diggs' average depth of target was last year? 11.5? Uh, no, it was 10.1. Was he their longest other than Darnell Mooney? No. There's, I mean, of wide receivers that got I, – I would have to look at the, at the statistics, but um, to see, like, all right, what did, what did it look like in terms of um, – uh, in terms of their rankings last season uh, for the average depth of target? I'll, I'll have to look up that statistic. I'll get that before the end of the day here. Um, no worries. I, it's just more curiosity than anything else. I, I And I'll say just quick on Mooney. I, I He's somebody that was on my list of guys to potentially talk about. And, Bobby, I know that you put him down. So I I, I think I think that there's a lot of question marks. I'm, I'm high on Robinson personally. And, and if Fields becomes the quarterback – full-time in Chicago, I think he lifts that entire offense. Whether it's Mooney or anybody else, I think he lifts yeah. the entire offense. And that that's the thing that I'm kind of really looking at most is, is uh, I mean, God, who, who do they have? Dalton? He's not, he's not going to keep that. He's not going to hold on to that, uh, that spot all season long. Well, and if he does, like here's the risk you take in drafting anybody in Chicago. I mean, look at what Dallas was last year with Dalton at quarterback. That becomes your wide receivers if you're taking the the Robinson, if you're taking the Moonies, if you're taking, you know, the running backs, Montgomerys, and so on. That becomes your your ceiling in a sense is you know last year's Cooper with Dalton at quarterback. I mean, that's that's not exciting at all. So there's risk there, but I, I don't think there's a, a too much of a question in most people's mind that Fields is the starting quarterback come, if not week one, by week five. You know, he's the guy. Yeah. Um. All right. So looking up, all right, who are guys that had a higher depth of target with at least 90 targets last year? Um, you're in the Calvin Ridley range. He had a average depth of target 14.3. Uh, to your point, Joe, DJ Chark, he shows up on this. He had an average depth of target 14. He had 93 targets last season. DK Metcalf, um, he had 129, is well, 13.7. Jerry Judy, I mean, you're putting this guy who you're going to get late in drafts. I mean, we're talking 11th, 12th, 13th round. So at the end of your drafts, you're grabbing someone who's on par, at least in that av- average depth of target, 
And the the reason why I'm emphasizing that aspect of things is this guy, yep, he might be a little bit boomer bust, but when he hits, uh, especially he's someone to target in like a weekly lineup on on your DraftKings and things like that. Because when he hits, he's going for twenty plus points. Um, he he's potentially gonna at least come close to helping you win your week just by catching two balls. Yeah. Um, the other, like one, the other guy that I want to look at is uh, Sterling Shepard. Uh, again, he is going basically free. Uh, it looked like um, 174 was what I saw for his uh, average draft position. And so you're getting him for nothing. Uh, you yeah. maybe even can pick him up at the end of your draft afterwards. Or something yeah, like I think that's a good one too. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to spend too much time there. I think just mentioning him is a, is a good omen for him at the end of the just, day. What, Do you guys I just want to throw any... one quick stat on Sterling Shepard. Sure, go ahead. Uh, 90 targets in 12 games last year. That's a 128 target pace. Inta- insane amount of volume. I'll give you a stat real quick just on, on Daniel Jones. Um, something that most people don't know. I actually saw this on ESPN the other day just watching because I like to just have it on TV. Dan Jones is 23 and nine with Barkley starting at running back. That's good. So you talk about a guy coming back into an offense. If they keep that kind of pace, they're, they're winning the division, right? If, if Barkley stays healthy and that goes for a lot of their players. I mean, Shepard was injured half the season last year, you know, guys like Shepard, guys like Barkley, he missed four games. Okay, I'm sorry when I say half the season, but he was injured. Okay, so and he's still he was still on pace. Like if he played if he played every game, 128 targets. I mean, you're getting a lot of volume. Think there's something like in the last 25 or 27 games, he has at least six targets per game. Like that that is a stat that just kind of and and to your point. For a sleeper, a guy right. that's getting drafted in the fifteenth, thirteenth, right. you know, twelfth round, you know, again, there's value there. I, I don't disagree. All right, um, just for the sake of time, trying to get through our sleeper uh, here. For that's those, a, that's all my sleepers. That any I had. any tight ends, John? Anybody else you want to mention? I don't really yeah. have any tight ends. On the I think we all have the same tight end. Yeah, Herb yep. Smith. Yeah. I think if you look at Irv over the last four games of the season, he averaged 12.8 points per game. You have no more Kyle Rudolph. You still have no wide receiver three in Minnesota mm-hmm. that has any reliable production. And then I think there are other tight ends in Minnesota who will fill that kind of run-blocking role. So I think they're going to use Irv more as a true passing receiver tight end. Yeah, so I think I, agree. I think he's of all the receivers who are kind of in that range. I think he's the one who could jump into the and he's going he's going pick one forty seven in the twelfth round. Um, so that 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 might be some old stats. What I was looking at, at least in the last week, his average um, comes out to about one hundred nine. So he's he's been moving up draft boards. Well, that might be um, and, a little. You're, you're that might be a little at, early. You're looking at 109. trying to get him. Yeah. You, if depending again, we're not. I mean, our home league here is in Minnesota, so you know someone's going to grab Herb Smith early. Um, but he has been steadily creeping up draft boards in the last week, um, and and that put him at that 109. That's solidly in the ninth round. Uh, so you'll probably in a lot of leagues be able to grab him around nine or ten, hopefully. Uh, but if you really want him, you're probably going to have to be getting him in that you know, ninth, eighth, ninth round. Yeah, I, it, I think that's a good point. If you really want him, you're going to have to draft him a little bit earlier than you need to. But yeah, if, if you're, you're, like, if you're hey, in the Minnesota League. Yeah, I mean, but, still a lot of the ones I've been doing, he's not going until 11-12. I, yeah. I think that's the key component right there. Is most of the drafts that you're seeing, he's an 11th, 12th round guy. And oh, by the way, you know, we're talking. What are what are sleepers all about? Sleepers are about guys that you're drafting in the later rounds that could be starters for your team. We're not talking guys that are going to be like 
top, you know, three or four at their position. We're talking about guys that are going to be starters for you. And I think without question, a lot of people have, you know, Irv Smith as a potential starter. Um, but I think in his particular conversation, he becomes somebody that could be. And, you know, us as Minnesota Viking fans here, I don't think any of us would be surprised if he ended up being a top five tight end by the end of the season. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I think that's all, all good things, all good, all good comments on a guy that we all probably agree would be kind of in that sleeper mode, potentially a tight end. So I think this, this does, I think this wraps up kind of our tight end or our, our, our sleeper conversation, uh, at least for today. Um, you'll hear about other positions as we go through the position rankings here over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, obviously, most drafts for a lot of our listeners are happening now uh, that we're into August. So a lot of those drafts are going to start picking up and uh, people are going to hear uh, and have more questions around it. So hopefully we're giving you some good ideas, good good people. Just If nothing else, um, our, our goal here is to give you just some insight of what we believe as three fantasy football champions. Um, that could be good values for you in your drafts as well. Um, but I think key, key thing I'll say here, and then I'll let you guys make some final comments, but key things I'll say overall is this. Keep in mind, number one, things change. Um, from where we started to talk about players, I, you know, looking at it right now, a good example, we had Michael Thomas in the second round of our ultimate mock draft. He's probably not going until the sixth or seventh round or even eighth round in some drafts now. So, Things change. Just pay attention to that as you're preparing for your drafts. Uh, but these are some sleepers. Hopefully you got some insight from us. Any final comments before we end this uh, this sleeper conversation? Yeah, only thing, think, oh, go ahead, John. Yeah, I think the only other thing is know what kind of league you're in. Because for best ball league, I have some different sleepers I like. Like I really like Antonio Brown. And then just follow the preseason. Like the, the Jets running back, Michael Carter, is someone who's been going up drafts. And he's I think he's creeped up into the sixth round now. I think he's he's one of those guys who could end up being another top 15 running back next year. Um, only thing I have to say is start following us. Uh, we're at Football OTR uh, on most social medias. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, I'll, obviously all of you that found us on Spotify, wonderful. You can also email us footballotr at gmail.com. Any questions, any comments, anything else that we can kind of start incorporating back into our podcast for you. All right. Very good. Well, this will wrap up the sleepers guys. Again, thank you for your time. Uh, and thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.